everybody to the Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your co-host, Hannah. And I am your main host, the Artificial Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you just stared at me with a blank expression like, Anyway, um, that aside, uh, welcome to the 20th episode of the podcast, everybody. Holy crap, we're 20 episodes in. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, before I picked you up today, I was just looking over the, uh, YouTube channel, and I, and it was like, the channel was made back in September 5th of 2021, I believe. Wow. And, yeah, it's just mind-boggling to imagine this is over a year right now. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. I didn't think this would be as successful as it was, but... Relatively successful. We're reaching our 124 subscribers right now. I have a recording of this podcast. And uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for making uh, the Twi'lek episode our most popular video at the time of this recording. You need to insert the screenshot of my reaction (laughs) while you do it. Because that... That gif I sent you is the perfect, my perfect reaction. No! Yeah, for the longest time, the uh, the, uh, history of a Sith episode has been our most popular. Having that nice little golden crown and then the the fan service race just took that crown away from him. It's like what people say, sex sells. Mm -hmm. Or as uh, that famous meme, I love democracy. Yes, thank you, Palpatine. <laughs> that meme is really relevant for this occasion. <laughs> Anyways, um, that aside, uh, so if you love the content that we're making, be sure to, uh, you know, donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash canmayo. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmayo. You could donate from the lowest amount of $2 and the highest amount of $10. The highest amount, you get your own... Uh, custom i wouldn't say custom uh but a nice little fan service art piece of your favorite character of star wars uh currently this month we have uh what was it a sexy evil padme but we're gonna have something especially special this next coming month i can't wait yeah i showed you the picture so you know what's coming anna for the female sims you're gonna like i know you will (laughs) yeah but uh yeah, it's going to be definitely something. But if you're not into the fan uh, fan service or anything like that, it's okay. The lowest amount, you can still have access to our Discord server. And every every uh, dollar sign, every cent always goes to the support of this channel and produces all the content that we have. You can help us make more memes. Yeah, more because memes. Because without Kit, we're out of memes. Yeah. I mean, I made that pretty good meme of of uh, Doctor Doofenshmirtz from a uh, Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz. I can't never get his name correctly. <laughs> anyway, that uh, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, Darth Sidious. All oh, right, right. <laughs> that In, one. Insert was, here. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a pretty fun one. Anyways, um, you probably know what uh, today's episode is going to be about, Hannah. But I'm not going to do the the obligatory what is it that we're going to do today, I'm actually going to give you a nice little quote from uh, the head of state, Count Dooku himself. Okie dokie. It is an honor to stand before you, for you represent the freedom and the future of our galaxy. But one's great republic and Jedi order have become victims of their own ambitions. And the Supreme Chancellor is no more than a pawn of corporate monopolies. As a people, you called out for change. You called out for leadership. And I humbly 
answered that call. So this is when Dooku became head of the Trade Federation. The head of the uh, Confederacy of Independent Systems, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, if it's not obvious by the title of this episode already, we will be covering the first large faction for the podcast, the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Yay! <laughs> and uh, so, before we get into this, um... What I'm going to try and do a before and after impression sort of thing. What do you think about the Separatists, Anna? I I have very bare bones knowledge of them. They were very briefly touched on in the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. so I I only know a little bit. That is fair. Aside from what I I guess because my D and D character Liel is. Somewhat tied to the Separatists, uh, not intentionally, of course, mm-hmm. but from what you have, from what my character has experienced with them through that, it's like, I only have a certain part of it. I don't know the whole, the whole, uh, story. Yeah, yeah, like, you see them as the bad guys, the, the, the corporate tycoons, the Count Dooku, an obvious Sith Lord leading the Separatists, and their endless armies of battle droids, that sort of thing. They're yes. the uh, archetypal main antagonist faction of a prequel era, and all that. Yeah, before Palpatine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so, I will explain a couple of things about the Confederacy. They go by many names. They have oh, the... yeah. They have the simple acronym of the CIS. Um, they also It'll be easier to call them the CIS. Yeah. They also have the Separatist Confederacy, the Separatist Alliance, the Separatist State, the New Order, the Pro-Secessionists, and more commonly just the Separatists. The Separatists makes it easier. Yeah. Or as uh, the clones would call them, the Seppies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um... So, I'll do a little cliff notes of what the Confederacy is. It's a government made up of thousands of planetary and sectorial governments within both the Inner Core, Mid-Rim, and Outer Rim. And it also has the megacorporations that seceded from the Republic for one reason or another. So, basically, it's just, they're not aligned with the Republic, and they're not aligned with the Seth. Uh It's just, they're there. They're a separate entity. Yeah, they're a completely separate entity. Um... Basically, they told... Okay, I'll get into the story of how the Confederacy was founded to begin with. But anyway, um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, I have a uh, personal bias, so you might notice that my bias will be showing most of the time when I'm talking about the Separatists. Would not be surprised. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah it's going to be very hard to look at this from a critical point of view because... I legitimately grew up with the Separatists, like the Clone Wars TV show, whenever the battle droids appeared on screen, and like everybody loves the clones. Everybody knows the named clone characters like Rex, Cody, the the Bad Batch, all that stuff. Why, you know, yeah. yeah the, everybody is always about the clones. Whenever the droids appear, I'm like, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a huge droid simp and not a clone simp. I'm like, yeah, let's go! Whenever a Droid says, Rad, 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 I mean, I'm go, let's go. That's why Star Wars has so many things for people to like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, um, I'll try not to let my personal bias get in the way, but. Emphasis on try. I'll try. 
but no promises. No promises. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get into the history of the Separatists. So, it's not like, uh, like I've said multiple times in the Trade Federation episode, the Separatists didn't just come out of a vacuum. It's not like a bunch of corporations or people just got together and said, yes, where are the Separatists now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do this. Because there's a whole issue of, like, throughout the Golden Age of a Republic, like, uh, after the Sith have been vanquished and all that, uh, quote-unquote vanquished, um, it was just a general long time of peace and prosperity, or it seems so on the surface. Like, uh, the Republic would widen its influence throughout the galaxy, absorbing more and more member worlds into its, you know, collective. But a lot of these worlds don't get the same treatment as those in the core worlds. You know, the like Odran or Naboo or Corazon itself, that sort of thing. They're like... A majority of them are like the Outer Rim worlds. They're like the very bottom of the uh, pyramid in That's terms. That's why they're called backwater planets. Yeah. And, uh, and like in the Golden Age of a Republic, many of these worlds found that they're being treated very unfairly by the Republic for numerous reasons. Like maybe there's some sort of tax law or some sort of new system that impacts them, but the rest of the galaxy, not really significant or any of that stuff. But, uh... Imagine, like, uh, the Republic as the controlling parent who looks at uh, at his sons and daughters and be all like, no, you can't wear that. No, you can't eat that. No, you can't be friends with those people. You gotta do what I want you to do. Nothing else. Naturally, a lot of those, pe those people will naturally want to rebel against authority figures and be like... Fuck you, Dad. Uh, fuck you, Dad. And be like, I want to rule the way I want to rule. I don't want the Republic to interfere with the politics of my world and say, no, you can't do that and that sort of stuff. Um, and here's one example, because if I present all the examples of why some of these worlds give a bad end of a stick, we'd be here for like two or three hours. But imagine like if there's this new tax law where each planet has to pay a tithe for the Republic each year or something like that. And every planet is, has to pay, I don't know, like a million or two credits to the Republic each year. On the, and all of them are treated equally. And it's kind of the idea of, yes, on paper, that sounds pretty good. But what happens when you apply that to a rich world like Odoran, and then a poor world like, I don't know, Tatooine, for example. Oh, yeah. Tatooine's a very poor world. Yeah, and like, two million credits? That's barely a dent to their economy of Odoran. And of course, Odoran's <laughs> run by fucking nobles. Yeah. They have so many noble houses. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. Like, we're doing this equally, but everybody's like, yeah, but... That's not equal. <laughs> that's not equal. No, not at all. And you could... It's a oversimplification of a much more sophisticated issue, but you give a general idea of yes. what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's, a, it's an easier way to explain it for the people who don't understand it. Yeah, because this is... Uh, for any of you that don't like politics at all, I completely understand. I don't like real-life politics either. It's just... Star Wars politics are much more engaging, in my opinion. Just a bit. Just a little bit. Um, and, like, these economic issues continued growing more and more and more just kind of boiling underneath the surface obviously they're not wanting to 
commit a massive war or anything, but it's kind of like that resentment that's slowly festering over the millennia. And a lot of these Outer Rim worlds are all like, the, the Republic is kind of a a uh, shitty authority. <laughs> a lot of these corrupt senators are exploiting us for their own gains. Like, you remember that episode of... Uh, <laughs> or free time. <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, you remember that episode in uh, Tales of a Jedi where Count Dooku goes to that world, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah, that's a prominent example, yeah. Yeah. The senator gets all the power while his people suffer for it. Yeah, that guy was a dick. Oh, yeah. And Count Dooku was very noble in the beginning. Like, he saw all of this shit going on. And, like, the Senate is, like, abusing their authority over the Jedi. And Dooku is all like, no, this this isn't right. We need to serve as citizens of the galaxy, not these corrupt corporate elites. It's unfortunately what pushed him to the dark side. Unfortunately. The path, as, they, as the saying goes, the road to hell is pa- paved with good intentions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, his fight with Yaddle over just the entire thing. You know, Qui-Gon's death, um, you know, the, the Senate not using their power to do what's right. Yeah. It all pushed him to the dark side and Palpatine took advantage of that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, as much as I uh, have my gripes with the Tales of a Jedi and its inconsistencies and the uh, timeline and everything, that I mean, is, this a, is a this is a this is a franchise that has been going on since what the fucking eighties. Yeah, the eighties. Yeah, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, it's there are going to be some in the inconsistencies. Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially it, with legends and canon. <laughs> yeah, that is the unfortunate truth. But anyway, um. And a lot of these politicians started developing more loyalty to their homeworld instead of the Republic itself. And they kind of make the argument like, yes, we should be resolving our problems, but these problems can't be applied to the entirety of the galaxy, just a couple of worlds. Like, sure, maybe you're solving something for a rich, noble world, but what about the people who could barely afford education on their world? Or... The slavery of a whole race. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the Republic were just looking the other way with Ryloff in general. Fuck. <laughs> That's just been going on for literal centuries. That doesn't mean it's okay. No, that no. That does not mean it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and this, this continued inability and unwillingness for the Republic to, you know... Actually um, fucking do something. Actually fucking do something, yeah. And as I mentioned uh, in the Trade Federation episode, they kind of allowed the Trade Federation and other mega corporations to spread throughout the galaxy and, you know, get their own political influence and bully worlds into submission. Mm -hmm. And uh, this cycle kind of ended when uh, Padme Amidala decided to fight back against the uh, Trade Federation after she found out that... The Republic's not going to do anything. I might as well do this myself. Good on Padme. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what caused her downfall. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and many of these worlds looked at to what happened. Like, Naboo. I mean, sure, it's a economically rich world, but they're a bunch of pacifists. They don't know anything about war. They basically reunited with their warlike neighbors, the Gungans. They were able to 
you know, resolve things peacefully, reunite, and fight back against the Trade Federation. This galaxy-wide superpower. And not only fight them back, but win. Yeah, but they also had help from two Jedi. Two Jedi, but the Republic did the bare minimum of helping them out. Yeah. And Thanks, like, Republic. Yeah. And this mere act inspired other worlds like... God damn, that peace, that pacifist world was able to fight back against a galaxy-wide superpower. We could fucking do that. And that, and yeah, uh, Padme kind of, uh, you know, the the uh, tic-tac-toe of a uh, secession of these mm-hmm. numerous worlds from the Republic. So if you think about it, um, Padme was essentially the original separatist. Eh, but she was doing it for a good cause. Indeed. I mean, if you think about it, if, uh... If she, her heart was in the right place. It was in the right place, yeah. If Padme didn't stay loyal to the Republic, Naboo would have absolutely been one of the most loyal members of the Separatists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Padme didn't want to join because New Gunray was involved. Exactly. And her loyalty to Palpatine, who's a fellow Naboo senator. Oh, Palpatine was... He put up a good mask for oh, yeah, a long did. fucking time. Yeah, he was all like, oh, I'm the humble senator who wants to change the galaxy for the better and do all of his fine stuff, when in reality he's just making the <laughs> empire. <laughs> I'm behind everything. Exactly. He's a fucking puppet master with many strings. Anyway, um, so this inspired many worlds to secede from the Republic, not at at first, they were kind of developing these ideas of secession from the Republic. Like, it didn't happen immediately after the blockade of Naboo. It's just more of a slow progression. And, like, 20 years later, at around, I believe, uh, 24 years before the Battle of Yavin, so this is, like, uh, 10 years after the blockade of Naboo and everything. Okay. Um, this started a political turmoil throughout the galaxy called the Separatist Crisis. And it's basically like numerous worlds seceding from the Republic or attempting to secede from the Republic. Most peacefully, others not. Hmm. And like there are like a bunch of terrorist organizations that basically force their planet to secede from the Republic. Maybe that's how Death Watch got its start. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would not doubt that at all. Um, And like uh, this term... put period of political turmoil started with this certain noble from Sereno when he made a speech called Varax's Address. Hmm. And basically he, uh, so Count Dooku was, um, he was a former Jedi, everybody knows this. Everyone knows that. Yeah, and he just left the public eye for like 10 years straight, and then he just comes back, going to numerous universities across the galaxy and giving these lectures about secession from the Republic and uh, deterministic on secession and all of that. You know, like, influencing the youth and everything. Even though his... Like, I, I noticed when reading uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah. And between... Like, you know, it gives the backstory, like, why Dooku left the Jedi Order and such. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't make sense as to why, you know, he... It doesn't tie in well. Not too well, no. But it does give an answer. Oh, yeah, totally. By the way, I really love these uh, propaganda posters. It really fleshes out the Star Wars universe and that certain period of political tension and everything. 
Like, there's this poster that uh, recounts Count Dooku's lectures at numerous universities across the galaxy. Oh, that's pretty cool. It looks it like a book cool. cover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that was made, like, from a student at that university, too. That's cool. Yeah. And, quote, The former Jedi Master first reappeared on Raxus Prime, complete with Fury rhetoric lambasting the Senate and the Jedi Order's complicity in the visual erosion of morals and the ideals of a Republic. Since that well-documented speech two years ago, Dooku has been spotted on worlds throughout the Outer Rim, fomenting secession and leading a popular movement that soon developed an alarming cohesion. So at first this movement was called the Independent Movement for Self-Determination, but it paved the way for more and more worlds to get interested in his own movement. Like, he's going to numerous worlds like, hey, the Republic is a shitty government, Secede, and we will make a better future for us in the galaxy. So he had good intentions. Really good intentions. Um, and this led the seeds for the founding of the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. And who, who would have thought a former Jedi would? Oh yeah, absolutely. Would do that. Yeah, absolutely. It should have happened like. Multiple times, but I guess the Jedi are a bunch of peace-loving pacifists that is like, no, nah, whatever. And he was probably like, what, 50? He's like, When uh, he started doing this? 60 or 70, I think. Jesus, fuck. Yeah, he's legitimately older than Palpatine. Like, in 20s or something. Yeah. Because I think Palpatine was 40 or 50 during the Clone Wars? I believe so. Yeah. Um. But even at his age, he is doing that kind of thing, even though he spent his life... As a Jedi. Oh, absolutely. And to quell this little secessionist uprising, the Galactic Senate um, tried to pass a new resolution to kind of address the corruption that has been happening in the Republic. And it's called the Financial Reform Act. And unfortunately, this would not come to pass. Ironically enough... Um, the senator that was behind, that was, uh, the main proponent behind this bill was assassinated by some unrelated third party. Uh, of course. Ironically enough, it wasn't either Palpatine or Dooku. It was just somebody within the Senate was like, fuck you, we don't want to do that. So assassination is the way to go. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, Dooku and Palpatine didn't even need to do anything. The Republic did that to themselves. <laughs> so yeah, um... Just pelt in the background. Oh, yes, my plan is coming together perfectly. Oh, well, that's a nice bonus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, despite that, there are numerous planets and corporations that began taking much more, uh, more interest in the separatist movement. Like, um, the Trade Federation is one prominent example, but mostly because Count Dooku approached them saying, hey, do you want to join us? Because we could really use your armies... We could use your fleets and your political influence and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, so 24 BBY, Separatist Crisis, it relatively ends at around 22 years before the Battle of Yavin, which so is it like... it took about two years. Yeah, two years this uh, turmoil lasted and all of these planets keep, kept leaving for Republic and everything to make their own government. Mm -hmm. And... This 22 BBY is relatively around the Attack of the Clones episode 2 everything. Okay. 
like that uh, opening scene where Palpatine's all like, I cannot allow the Republic to fragment into these multiple factions. I want to keep them together and everything. Fucking liar. Yeah. So yeah, um, as the name implies, the Confederacy is a confederacy of thousands of independent governments and star systems. Who, and Count Dooku serves as the head of state of his uh, confederacy. So is he just a figurehead or is he actually running the show? He's... It's not exactly clear. I think he has similar powers to the Supreme Chancellor of the Republic. Hmm. But yeah, point is, he's the public leader of the Confederacy. Ultimately, it's Palpatine that's running the entire show, though. Of course. Palpatine's running everything behind the curtain. <laughs> and then underneath the head of state is the Supreme Commander of the Droid Armies, as we all know is Grievous. Um... And then after Grievous is the Separatist Council, who are made up of all those uh, corporate tycoons. Yeah, Wat Tambor, Nugare. Yeah. So let me actually do a uh, brief cliff notes of each member of uh, Separatist Council. It's very short, don't worry. Okay. Um, Newt Gunray is the Viceroy of the Trade Federation and the head of the Separatist Council. Um, San Hill, Chairman of the Intergalactic Banking Clan. Will Tambor, Foreman of a Techno Union. Uh, Paso Ajeri, Magistrate of a Corporate Alliance, Techies of a Corn Isolation League, Ponodo of a Hypercommunications Cartel, Pago Valesser of a Geonosian Industries, and Sumai, President of a Comrades Guild. I know most of these names don't mean much to you, but these guys are like the big corporate tycoons who ultimately run the military side of things. They all get killed by Anakin on Mustafar. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they get what's coming to them, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, and then below the Separatist Council are the, is the Separatist Parliament, or the Separatist Senate. Okay, so it's like, it's almost like the British government in a way. Yeah. That's, Dooku's the, the figurehead like the Queen was. Uh-huh, yeah. And then the government is actually run by Parliament. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, similar to the Republic Senate, they have representatives that uh, come from numerous worlds that, and they also have their own inner factions, like there's the War Faction, which is, you know, pro-war and everything, the Peace Faction, and the Neutral Faction. Okay, so it's just like, it's basically the Senate, but not. Yeah, precisely. It's the Senate with a different coat of paint. Pretty much, and I would arguably say less corrupt. But we'll kind of go into that later, but... Yeah. We don't know much about that with the Senate, though. That is very true. Or, not with the Senate, the... The, the... <laughs> you know what I mean! Yeah, yeah, I know. The Parliament is what you're trying yes. to ask. Um, so, yeah. The, now you might be wondering, what exactly is the political ideologies of the Separatists? Yeah. So, basically, it, the Separatists center around low taxation and trade regulations which allows its member worlds to have increased control over their own territories. Like, the thing of with being a membership of a republic is, all like, the republic's all like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that, and if you cross this line, then we're going to fine you, that sort of thing. With so a separate... Keep in line with the republic and their wants. Yep. Or else you're going to get fined. Heavily. Yeah. And with uh, members of a separatist, it's more about freedom and personal freedom. Like... If, uh, if, uh, I don't know, World 1 is, wants to ask for help from World 2, World 2 will be like, sure, I could give it to you, but I cannot force my armies to do what I want you to do. It's more of self-determination. Like, you do your own thing, 
you can do your own culture, you could do your own laws and everything, as long as it's not harming everybody else around you or anything like that. Just self-determination, that sort of thing. Very liberal ideologies. Like, you could do your own thing as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. That's what... Why do you think my camp? Why do you think <laughs> was trying to join the Trade Federation? Yeah. She wanted that for her people. But no, Dooku had to bite her ass. Yeah, that's well, damn it. That's uh, one of the things that uh, we'll go into with the downsides of the, the, the separatists and everything. Because oh, yeah. it's not so black and white as most things are in Star Wars. Um, so, There's a downside <laughs> to everything. So yeah, um, maintaining their own internal affairs while at the same time offering egalitarian representation for governments that were neglected by the Republic. So like true equality for all. Mm-hmm. And not, like, perceived equality for all, whatever. But yeah, um, like, there are numerous alien races that have felt repressed by the Republic for literal centuries. And they looked at the Separatists and they're like, this is a much better deal. We're going to join you guys. And I actually have a fairly good list of, uh, by the way, I got to show you some more of these propaganda posters. They're really, really cool looking. Um, Yeah, I like the way they look. Yeah, this one... uh, that I'm uploading right now underneath Dooku. Yeah, that's pretty much how everybody feels about the Senate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are two. None of them care about you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of a general consensus with a lot of citizens within the Separatists. Like, this government is useless. They're not going to solve any problems. We might as well join this new government who actually gives a shit about us and everything. Uh, To a degree. To a degree, yes. And when the Clone Wars began, they actually did this other propaganda that I sent you. Like, the the Republic used child soldiers. They obviously don't care about life. We, on the other hand, we use automatons, so we obviously care about life. Yeah, that's actually really good propaganda. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially for the war effort. Yeah, like, the Republic is using literal child soldiers. They don't value life, but we, we value life. Literal child soldiers. Padawans becoming commanders. (laughs) Good job, Republic. Yeah, yeah, not a pretty good job. But anyway, um, so... There are, like, a lot of, uh, it, okay, so a majority, like, in the movies, you see, like, the corporations, Trade Federation, all that stuff. Mostly they join for selfish reasons and everything like that, like, for profit and, uh, for separatists are offering a much better deal. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the civilian population as long as we get money? Um, that's just one thing in the movies that... But, I mean, if you're a normal citizen... It's like, yeah, this is a better way for the war to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, there are, like, numerous alien races that saw the Separatists outright more attractive than the Republic. Like, there's... Oh, I'm sure. Like, the the most prominent one is the Biff, you know, the big-headed aliens. Mm -hmm. Like, the Biff are, like, the they're not stupid. They are known galaxy-wide as scientists, as scholars, musicians. These aren't dumb alien races no and let's see uh there are like numerous other races that uh, i want to share with there's also the the given who are like these skeletal looking motherfuckers that i'm about to upload but they're like the number one <laughs> <laughs> their face is the ghost face mask oh yeah absolutely like uh <laughs> these guys uh despite their scary looks they are the number one uh 
experts on mathematics in the entire galaxy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and by the way, they could also survive in a vacuum of space. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but fellow fellow alien race that could survive in a vacuum of space. I think represent. <laughs> but yeah, like, the given, they were loyal to the Republic for a good while, but they saw the Separatists as more attractive because... If I remember in the lore, they literally made a uh, calculation of what will happen to the Republic in the future. And according to their calculations, the Republic, if it continued down its current road, it will be, be in a position it will never recover from. And they if, literally predicted the future with exactly, math! With math. And if they stay with the Republic, they will forever be taken down with the Republic to damnation. Wow. And considering what does happen, they do have a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Um, probably looking in the wrong direction, considering that they're, the leader of a Separatist is also a Sith Lord, but it's the thought that counts. <laughs> then there's also the uh, the Susili, who are like a bunch of snake people. The Nasorian, who are reptile people. And the Quarians, who are like the squid people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these, they're also fairly smart. Some of them are primitive, but a good majority of these alien races that join the Separatists are really smart. Like, a lot of them are really good shipbuilders. And, like, the Quarans, they're, like, the main shipbuilders of the Confederacy. Like, a majority of the ships that you see within the Separatist Navy, they were made by those guys. Wow. And they even have a faction called the Palmont Volunteer Engineering Corps, which is... As uh, the title goes, they're volley- willingly volunteering to create these ships for the Separatists. So, it's a very noble cause. Yeah. It's not like, oh yes, we're joining this because obviously Dooku's very evil. We're going to put everything and put our entire culture and our future into this faction because it's so evil. No, it's because they are noble and their ideologies and everything. Oh yeah. yeah. I can see why people would want to join the this CIS. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we'll eventually do an episode on the Quarians, but they're like, uh, they share their home world with a Mon Calamari, you know, kids race and everything. And let's just say that uh, they quote-unquote coexist peacefully, but not really. (laughs) Not surprised. Yeah. Um, And there are like, um, even a lot of former Republic Senators willingly joined the Separatists. Like, a prominent example would be uh, Mina Bonteri, who is actually an old friend of Padme Amidala. Mm-hmm. And I was actually one of her mentors. She's the, uh, the senator of Onderon, the, uh, the planet that Exar Kun goes to and everything. But yeah, if you look at her, she's literally a separatist uh, Padme. Her... I think Padme is definitely inspired by her way of dress. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, there's this episode of the Clone Wars called Heroes on Both Sides. And like, during the war, Padme thought about Mina Bonteri and personally going to the capital of the Separatists and speaking about um, making peace with the Republic and everything. And they have this interesting conversation where, um, despite their political ideologies, they are like the closest of friends and they have this political debate where it's all like, where Mina Bonteri absolutely admires Dooku for being, for bringing, trying to bring the galaxy into a better era and everything. And Padme was all like, oh, I forgot. You actually admire the man. And Mina... I mean, who wouldn't? 
Yeah, and Mina Von Terry is all like, come on, Padme. It's not like he's just a figurehead. He doesn't rule the entirety of the universe. Uh-oh. But considering that Padme almost... <laughs> <Look at> Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> but considering that Padme literally was threatened to execution by him on Geonosis, could you really blame her? Fair. Yeah. But on Bon Terry's point of view, you could understand why she would. And a lot of senators look up to Count Dooku and everything. Like, a lot of these people, sure, their hearts, they were kind of ignorant and naive to a certain extent. But these were really noble people who wanted to bring legitimate change to the galaxy. Exactly. They had a good cause. You want to follow that cause. You're oh, like, absolutely. You want to join them. Yeah, I was listening to this video to uh, get myself uh, to, you know, get more additional research notes on the Separatists. And there was this good comic that said, no, comment, comment, sorry, sorry. Um, where they're all like, if you didn't know anything about Dooku and, and the secret plan of Palpatine, you would absolutely join the Separatists. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... Let's I think see. that that was one reason why Liel wanted to join, or tried to join the CIS. Oh, yeah. And it's like... And we she was trying to benefit her people. Yeah. we. Uh, it's kind of like, a, why would people want to join Dooku if he's a Sith Lord? It's... A it lot of people public knowledge. Yeah, a lot of people tend to forget that we as the audience have the luxury of knowing what's happening behind closed doors. Exactly. We ha we as the audience have the knowledge of knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. The general public in this galaxy do not. Oh, absolutely. They're blind as hell. And con and if you look at the Republic, even without Palpatine's influence, they were already corrupt from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Especially with the Jedi, too. Palpatine didn't need a, even need to do anything with the Jedi. They willingly made themselves uh, enforcers of the Republic. They didn't have to. They, they didn't did. have to. And, like, Dooku points out, no, we serve the citizens of this Republic, not the Senate. Exactly. And that's... I agree with him on that. The oh, Jedi yeah. serve the citizens. They do not serve the Senate. Oh, yeah. And, like, here's a nice little uh, lore detail. When the Clone Wars legitimately began on, the, on Geonosis, when the citizens of the Separatists heard about this, they legitimately thought that the Jedi would join them. Or, at the very least, remain neutral in the war. But no. No, they were legitimately surprised. Like, oh my god, the, the Jedi are siding with the Republic, but they're the generals of the very armies that they're leading against us? Yeah, I could see why that would not make sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it, for the greater good of the Republic. Yeah, and by the Jedi's perspective, like, the Jedi are arguably just as ignorant as we are. Like, Oh yeah. Like... Dooku is a evil person, therefore, this entire confederacy is a fraud. It must be a new version of a Sith Empire. Everybody in it is evil. And it's very, just kind of entirely missing the point. Oh, yes, they are. Like, in that very same episode I mentioned I mean, earlier... they tried to assassinate Dooku how many fucking times? That's a good point. Actually, in canon, they didn't get around to assassinate Dooku until, like, late in the war. And that's when they sent, like, Quinlan Boss and everything to try and get him. But that's one attempt on his life from the Jedi. Mm -hmm. One from the Night Sisters. Uh -huh. So, what, two already? Two, three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, 
In that same episode that I mentioned before, um, I think, like, uh, if I remember off the top of my head, Ahsoka was kind of being mentored by Padme in the ways of politics and everything. Mm -hmm. And she was, like, discussing about uh, talking to her friend, and Ahsoka's all like, your your friend is a separatist? One of Dooku's pawns? Like, she doesn't know. She's been with a Republican Jedi her entire life, so of course she's going to perceive him as the enemy. And of course, she's heard nothing but bitter words about Dooku. Yep, exactly. She doesn't know his actual background. Yeah, and that's just kind of a general mentality of general citizens. Anakin fucking hates him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And she's getting all that information from Anakin. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Um... And it can fucking poison Ahsoka. It's like, unfortunately, like the way yeah. He sees the galaxy. He poisoned Ahsoka. Unfortunately, Anakin meant well, but yeah, that is absolutely true. <laughs> Obi Wan was trying to do good. Obi Wan was fine. Yeah, Anakin, he was. Though, no, he flew off the fucking handle. Yeah. Um. A lot of people like to say that it was the Jedi Council's fault that Anakin went to the dark side. He was like that from the very beginning. He was it? like that from the beginning. Ever since Qui-Gon died, kid was fucked. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like... No, when they separated him from Shmi. Oh yeah, yeah, very true. Everything got fucked. Yeah. The way they handled it, I should say. Yes. But, yeah, it's very unfortunate. It's just... Star Wars is just a lot of un... Unfortunate circumstances, basically. Well, it's a space opera, yeah, so... Yeah. Tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Um, let me actually give you a couple of potent examples of individuals and worlds that joined the Separatists because the Republic fucked them over numerous times. So, like, one example... I absolutely... Uh, so, there's this Dark Horse comic series which follows the Clone Wars. It was prominent back in the... 2005 to 2006 somewhere mm -hmm. around there they are legitimately great comics i remember reading them a lot as a kid dark horse has really good comics oh yeah especially absolutely. related to star wars yeah i i really need to get back to uh looking at those series again um but there's this planet in the outer rim it's called jabim think of it as like the reverse tattooing instead of like being covered in deserts it's being covered in torrential rainstorms it's always raining and it's always mucky and everything it's a really shitty place to live sounds like it sounds like yeah. the ireland of, the, of space pretty much ireland um, or england <laughs> and like the jabim people have been loyal to the republic for over three thousand years but again and again and again they would receive threats from numerous places all across the galaxy and the republic stood by and did nothing to help them Fuck you, Republic. Actually, let me, uh, so let me get this quote that will explain everything in a nutshell. <clears throat> it's, uh, told by this, uh, rebel leader named Autostratus. He's kind of a Chad, but he's also kind of crazy. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let me get down to the quote. You call everybody a Chad. Well, yeah. <clears throat> your planet, your home, is being drowned in blood. For 3,000 years, we were loyal to the Republic. But did they send aid during the Brain Rot Plague? Did they react when the Trandosians invaded? Where were the Jedi when the Lithian pirates killed your parents? And mine? The Republic ignored our cries for help. Until they learned that beneath all the mud, our planet has a heart of ore. Now they want to control the ore. 
to prevent us from profiting with a confederacy of independent systems. We will let the Jedi Generals know that we will fight to be free. We will fight to defend our planet. We will send the Jedi home in caskets. Oof. Yeah. Well, we go too far. Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, but this is literal centuries of just abuse, just boiling up to the surface. Yeah, the Republic fucking ignored them. I can see why that would happen. Yeah, pretty understandable. The way he goes about, uh, you know, killing the Jedi is not no bueno, but... They, yeah, that is no bueno. It is still understandable. Very understandable. <laughs> yeah, they're like... This is kind of an extreme example, but there are like a lot of worlds that see this same kind of abuse from the Republic. Like, oh, I'm sure. Like, uh, there are millions of planets in the Republic. Oh yeah. That while it is fair that they can't take care of everybody, saying that oh we're treating you equally when you're not being treated mm-hmm. equally and being taken advantage of is shit. It is really shit. So you're gonna want to rebel. Mm-hmm. Fuck the system. Yeah, fuck the system, better make something from the ground up. Oh, now the Republic wants, oh, now, now that we have a valuable resource, now you want to pay attention to us? Fuck you. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, here's a much more sad example of, uh, so there's this race called the, uh, the Sephi. They're the actual space elves of Star Wars. Okay. Let me actually send you a picture of them because they look elegant as hell, like, they dress in a very luxurious-looking clothing. Their war machines are cool-looking. I'm just showing you a prominent example of a female Sephi. Oh, yeah, space elves. They are literal space elves. Like, they could live for, like, hundreds of years and everything. Yeah, take Tolkien elves and put them in. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and the leader of the Sephi at the time is this individual named King Alaric. Let me actually send you a picture of him, too. Um, King Alaric is... A pacifist, and he rarely chooses violence. And like one day, um, just out of nowhere, what the fuck is on his head? That's uh probably his crown and everything. <laughs> but <laughs> sense of wardrobe aside, um, just one day, Fustra, which is the homeworld of the Sefi race, mm-hmm. they just seceded from the Republic, and Palpatine was all like, "Holy fuck." That sector, we can't allow that sector to secede to the Separatists. We need to convince them to rejoin the Republic. Even if he's running both? Yeah. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> because, like, here's something to keep in mind. King Alaric, he's not, like, some despot. He's not some, you know, warmonger. He is, he is a legitimately good king. His people love him to mm-hmm. death. Um very apparent later. Um, and <laughs> the other planets are in the same sector as Fustra actually look to King Alaric for guidance. And if King Alaric secedes to the Separatists, then that entire sector will go with him. Mm-hmm. That's how much of an influential figure he is. And his idea is like, he looks upon the Republic and he has grown disgusted with how corrupt it has become. Who wouldn't? Yeah, and he's even seen this corruption firsthand with Fustra's representative to Republic, who has become a corrupt bureaucrat for the Republic. Not surprising. Yeah, and he, his idea was, okay, I'm going to secede from the Republic because it needs to solve its own problem and everything, and I'm going to join the Separatists. Um, funny enough, uh, King Alaric is actually... Uh, old friends with uh, a certain Grandmaster Yoda. (laughs) 
Of course. Yoda knows everybody. Well, yeah, but King Alaric and him are like the closest of friends. Like, oldest of oldest of friends. Like, Even though attachments are frowned upon? It's semantics, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like See, he, even, the, even the Grand Master breaks the rules. Occasionally, yes. Occasionally. Like, like, King Alaric is, like, literally 200 years old. And I think Yoda is, like, in his 700s around this point. So, okay. he's, like, his oldest friend. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of his own race. He's his oldest friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, when Chancellor found out that Yoda was basically close friends with the king, he sent Yoda to negotiate terms to convince him to rejoin the Republic and everything. And... Like, uh, there was a, a Republic occupation force that went to Fustra to kind of, quote-unquote, uh, convince them to rejoin the Republic. And let's just say the Sefi didn't take that kindly, and they willingly did suicide runs on that occupational force. Damn. That's how much they loved the king. They're like, Alakbop! <laughs> Kamikaze. Kamikaze, bitch! Yeah, but anyway, so point is, Yoda goes to Fustra to convince his old friend to go back to the Republic. And it's been a pretty good while since the two of them saw each other and they greeted each other as old friends and Mm -hmm. everything. And the conversation goes back to the political side and uh, Yoda was trying to convince him, but obviously Alreg is not budging an inch. And He's he's set on leaving the Republic. Yeah, and Yoda was all like, I'm surprised, I know Dooku is a very charismatic individual, but surprised his words were with uh, convincing you. And King Alaric was like, Dooku, he had nothing to do with this conversation. I willingly joined the Separatists. Yeah, it's not just Dooku who's running the show. People can make up their own fucking minds. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Republic is corrupt as fuck. Yeah, and the... The conversation wasn't exactly going to Yoda's way. And Yoda kind of was all like, please change your mind, old friend. I would hate to return with an army. And Allery was like, are you trying to really, friend Yoda? me? <laughs> but yeah, um, so Allery was all like, I know you're trying to friend me. And for that, I'm going to keep you in prison on the palace until further notice. And there was like a paddle one that was with Yoda at the time. And he was like, I'm not going to let that happen. And Yoda's like, no, 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 give me your lightsaber. And he get, willingly gave both his and the Padawan's lightsaber to, you know, be in prison for a little while. Mm-hmm. And during that time, um, both Yoda and Alaric met together in the garden. Because Alaric has like this fancy schmancy garden of like the most exotic plants throughout the entire galaxy and everything. That sounds cool. It is really cool. It's a really beautiful comic. I'll have to show you pictures of it later. Um... But, like, they, uh, King Alaric is trying to see the positive side of things. And he's like, you know, despite the circumstances, it's probably going to be, like, another hundred years before we ever meet again. So, at least we got to be together again. Mm-hmm. You know, just being general friends. And during this, um, Alaric was kind of using his garden as a uh, metaphorical ground on why he joined the Separatists. He's like, look at each plant, Yoda. Each one of them are tended to by their own position in the garden. Like, no other plant is interfering with them. Uh, Me, as the caretaker, only tend to them occasionally. Each plant has their own wants and needs. I, you know, water them occasionally, but every plant has its own different wants and needs. And that's the similar thing with each planet in the galaxy. 
They need to self-determinize what, what path they want to go on and not get any interference by the Republic. Exactly. And He had the right idea. He did have, a, have the right idea. And Yoda was all like, I understand your point of view, my old friend, but the noble institutions of a Republic are pure, and I will no, not... No, they're not! <laughs> but, God damn it, Yoda! But yeah, like, both of them were not going to budge an inch. Even though King Aure was trying to show him his point of view. And no, but Yoda's a stubborn old fuck. Both of them are stubborn old fucks if you think <laughs> about it. <laughs> but anyway. The king's intentions were right, you know? Yeah, they were very noble. And when you have the literal space elves joining the separatists, like, what? Well, I mean, How are you going to question that? Yeah. Like, okay, the Sefi aren't exactly total elves of Star Wars, but they're cl- the closest allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so after they go through this conversation, um, King Alaric hands Yoda his lightsaber and everything, and he's all like, you're free to go. Um, it will be a while before we see each other again, but I hope we get to see each other again under better circumstances. Unfortunately, this would come crumbling down around them. Oh. So, uh, you remember the corrupt senator of the king's son that I was telling you about? Mm-hmm. That son decided, fuck you, dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna betray you. And he basically sold out, uh, plans, uh, attack and army movements to the Republic at the time. And the Republic basically snuck up on the palace and did a blitzkrieg on, uh, the king's palace and everything. Did he die in the attack? Uh, I'll get to that. And the senator basically lied that Yoda died by King Alaric's troops and everything. Kind of, you know, prompting the Republic to attack the king and everything. Of course. Corrupted fuck lied. Yep, exactly. And Yoda and the Padawan, uh, the Padawan was basically tricked into believing that, uh, the king is going to execute them soon, but Yoda knows otherwise, and the Padawan's just rushing the fuck out of there, but Yoda was all like, Really? You're going to act very rashly? Okay. <laughs> and they get cornered by the palace guards who were told by the senator, Hey, they've, they've murdered the king. Go kill them. And predictable results, Master Yoda was able to stop them effortlessly without using his lightsaber, but the Padawan got killed in the process. Oh, well, sucks to suck. Yeah, and uh, let me actually bring up that picture because it is a very potent speech. Um... So King Alaric is just looking from his his room. He sees the destruction happening all around him. The artillery, his garden being blown to oblivion by the Republic attacks and everything. And he's just holding one of his rare plants within a glass capsule. And he's all like... Where was it? Uh, here we go. He's all like... I never allowed any cannons or weapons of war to be placed near my garden windows. It's a vulnerability that few know about. And that one close to me has exploited. And Yoda comes in and he says, Come with me, you must, Alaric. Together, this madness we can end. I won't surrender. You know that. We, we each will do what we must to ensure the survival of our beliefs. And Yoda says... Please, stand down, you must. Do you not see? Lost your cause is. Perhaps. Or perhaps 
The death of Fustra's king will galvanize its people, unite its neighbors, and give them the strength and the pain they need to fight on. And with that... So he, he kind of knew he had to die. Yep. He reaches in his uh, cloak, brings out a blaster pistol, fires at Yoda, who effortlessly deflected it, and he killed his old friend. Aww. Of and, course. Yeah, it is... Damn it, that's bad. <laughs> and the last words between both friends was, When you think of me, please remember our friendship as it was. Not like this. Not like this. And with that, Fustra um, fully seceded to the Separatists, and Yoda lost a part of his soul that day. Oh. Yeah, there was like an uh, entire video surrounding that one event, and one of the comments was all like, Mace Windu asked him, Hey Yoda, how was your trip? And Yoda replies, Go to my room and cry I must. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at it that way, Yoda also lost a good chunk of his soul during the during Order 66, during the massacre. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yoda, dude. Yoda's Poor depressed. Yoda, dude. <laughs> yeah. And yet he was all cheery and and impish during the fucking while training Luke. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm happy now. My I got over to my depression. Yeah. Um. Yoda kind of going to. Staying with the traditionalist ideals of a Jedi. Not no moss, but you gotta feel a little bit bad for him. I do feel bad for him. That fucking sucks. Yeah, just forced to kill your oldest of friends. Like, could you imagine how many friends he has lost purely because he lives for so long? Oh, yeah. And King Hour is like one of the few people who didn't die from old age. How old was Yoda's master? <sighs> They don't go into Yoda's master, unfortunately. Fucking thanks, Lucas. <laughs> well, okay, they are, he has a brief appearance, but not much after that. Thanks, Lucas. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, just, just a whole lot of... It's truly a civil war, if you think about it. It is. Brother against brother, father against son. Mm -hmm. Everything like... And everything else in between. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I love the Separatists as a faction. I wanted to add, um, you know how Jarrah Tolkien expanded, um, like, lineages and everything back mm -hmm. to, like, the very fucking beginning? Yeah. Why the fuck couldn't George Lucas do that? <laughs> Especially with Padawan Jedi lineages. Mm -hmm. Especially with Padawan Jedi lineages, because it's like, you know, Yoda, his lineage is a fucking disaster. Yeah. But... It's a good lineage. Mm-hmm. Mace Windu's lineage is a good lineage. Oh, yeah. It's like, because they don't have families, they make their own families out of the out of the lineages. Oh, yeah. Dooku, he was a great fucking Jedi. But, because of his soul to the dark side, it fucks up the rest of the lineage. Mm-hmm. Very true, yeah. But, yeah, um, now, with all these numerous examples that I gave to you, and, like... If, if you, okay, before I go into that, um, if you truly think about it, the, the Confederacy is basically the Rebel Alliance. In a way, yeah. Like, a lot of people call the Separatists the Rebel Alliance without the plot armor. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Rebel Alliance had a lot of plot oh, armor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, 
The Separatists were very, very noble, but here's the part where I unfortunately talk about its downsides. Okay. So, despite the majority of the Separatists are being built up of these legitimately good people, um, many of the senators and general citizens of the Separatists were simply ignorant of what was happening behind closed doors. Like, there's this one exchange between uh, a senator of the Corporate Alliance and another senator... Don't know what planet he's a part of, but the the senator of a of the corporation was all like, the corporate alliance will never allow this peace to happen. And this other senator basically said, the Comrades Guild does not have any say in the parliament. And unlike the Republic, corporations will not rule us. <laughs> Guess what happens? Yeah, like out of context, that sounds hypocritical, but that does not come is not coming from the mouth of somebody who's being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. They were generally very ignorant of what's really going on behind the scenes. Like Mina Bonteri, um, when she successfully got the Separatist Parliament to extend an olive branch to the Republic to, you know, negotiate peace and everything, Dooku, as you recall in the Grievous episode, um, Dooku basically prevented that from happening by orchestrating a terrorist attack. Of course he did. And then not too long after, he orchestrated a uh, assassination attempt on Amina Bonteri. Attempt? Obviously it, it didn't work. It worked, actually. It worked? She's she's dead now. Oh, damn. Yeah. And, yeah, ironic that she got killed by the very person she admired. Yeah. That sucks, though. Merely because she was an obstacle to he and his master's grand plan. Of course. The ide- ideologies of the Sith come before anything else. Oh, yeah. And, like, the very moment Dooku became the leader of the Separatists, they were meant to fail from the very beginning. I'm sure. They were nothing more but a Sith-controlled puppet state. Well, especially, especially because Dooku, he's a puppet as well. Uh-huh, unfortunately, Palpatine yeah. is controlling everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's also important to point out that a good, it's probably a good chance that a majority of the Separatists are ignorant of what's actually happening on the battleground of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Because, number one, the majority of their military are made up of droids, not organic troops. So they have a disconnect to the wider conflict and everything. And there isn't very many stories to tell unless yeah. they're broadcasting. And number two, why on earth would they let Grievous be the Supreme Commander if they knew about what he truly was and the atrocities he's committed? They built him for that purpose. Yeah. But the, the Separatist citizens don't know that. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, uh, there was this one occasion where Dooku attends his gala event where he receives a humanitarian award and Grievous was just following him around and people were like, who the fuck is that? Is that a bodyguard? Is that... They, what they didn't even know that's the Grand General oh, yeah. of the Separatists. Yeah, they didn't even know who Grievous was. Nope. They were completely ignorant. It's like, it's, he has an air of mystery about him. Yet it's just this hulking fucking droid, half droid, half being. Oh yeah, absolutely. Following around the head of state. And it's like, who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, that's the general of the Separatist Army. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I imagine that's a similar reaction of how people feel about Darth Vader when he was around. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. Um, because no one... It, essentially, Darth Vader is... While he is Anakin, Anakin, 
quote unquote died yep. that day. Yep. Every, everybody knows that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they don't know the certain details of he of how he died, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, he's gone, gone. Yeah, Anakin died. Darth Vader is a completely different entity compared to Anakin Skywalker. Oh yeah, and like uh. Also, the Separatists were kind of built up this way with their military tycoons, Grievous and everything, kind of as like this motivational force to like uh, motivate the Republic to rally together because they're like, oh, this faction, this Confederacy of Independent Systems, they don't care about the common folks of the galaxy. All they care about is profit and you know, genociding entire worlds and everything. They don't know the general ideas of the separatists. That's only one point of view, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you're exposed to the military arm of a faction more, you automatically assume that's what they're all like. Yeah. Also, it doesn't help that uh, a majority of the separatist leaderships are aliens. Like, Newt Gunray, Newt, uh, Wotembor, Pago the Lesser, even Grievous himself are aliens. And of course, the galaxy is more human centric. Even mm-hmm. with the Sith, they were human centric. They didn't like aliens. Mm-hmm. But with the Galactic Republic, they're less, but they're still very human centric. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they saw the Separatists and this union of aliens as like, oh, the the aliens are the cause of every problem in the galaxy. Should we let them go into that position and try and conquer the galaxy all over again? We need to fight back. <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, it's a no mas situation for everybody. It, no bueno. No bueno. Um, it's purely fuel, fueled by xenophobia. Oh yeah, absolutely. And following the end of the Clone Wars and the nationalization of mega corporations, the, ci- the citizens of the Confederacy were heavily suppressed and enslaved by the Empire. I'm not surprised. Like the Geonosians, they got the short end of the stick because. They were genocided. Like, their entire world was bombarded. Like, they even put bioweapons on that world to cleanse well, the Geonosians. Of course, it's just like what happened to Mandalore. Oh, yeah. Mandalore got bombed! Yeah, arguably to a much worse extreme because, you know, biological warfare and everything. Yeah. yeah. But Mandalore got fucked! Oh, yeah. And there's like a... I recall this one story of separatist refugees being brought to this Republic loyal world. And the the governor of that planet was all like, what the fuck are you doing? We don't like these separatist scum. Why are you putting them on our doorstep and everything? They don't belong here. It doesn't and, matter. Yeah, and like uh, to get rid of them, he just, just had all the refugees packed into these freighters and he ordered them to go up into the mountains and just open the uh, doors and push them out to their deaths. Jesus. Yeah, the, the citizens of the Separatists weren't looked very favorably. Especially after the rise of the Empire. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, the, even though the Separatists were gone, so to speak, there are still like remnant factions all across the galaxy. Oh, they're, I'm sure. They're like, uh, they're called the Separatist holdouts. Like, a majority of them were just uh, resistance movements. Like, none of them have, like, battle droids or everything. Of course, there are some examples that still have the battle droids at their side and everything. Like, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the, the most recent episode of The Bad Batch, it actually surrounds uh, the Separatist holdout. And 
I forgive the name of the character, but she was actually a close associate of Mita Von Terry, and she's all like, we tried to peacefully coexist with the Republic. But how that worked out. But when Supreme Chancellor Palpatine rejected our offer, I realized that peace was never an option. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. And then afterwards, um... Okay. So, also, in Rebels, there are, like, a couple of, uh, uh, droid armies that actually survived long enough in... at around the original trilogy and everything. Mm -hmm. And they're... There are like a, enough separatist holdout factions that survived long enough to join the Rebel Alliance. Oh wow! So like, the separatists, some of the separatist holdouts, got have, absorbed into the into the Rebels. Oh yeah, they, like there are some battle droids that joined the Rebel Alliance, some important members that joined the Rebel Alliance, some guerrilla fighters and everything, and many of their ships got converted into Rebel ships and everything. Huh. Like uh, you okay? Any way to bring down the Empire? I suppose. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um. Have you ever watched Rogue One? I've not. Okay, so the main character of Rogue One, as well as Andor, is this uh, guy named Cassian Andor. Mm -hmm. um, he was actually a freedom fighter for the Separatists. Oh. And he fought for them when he was around eight years old. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, kind of a... Okay, I wish there were more uh, canon members of a Separatist Alliance that joined the uh, Rebel Alliance, but he's a prominent example for now. Okay. Let me see. Um, and he and I think her name is Jin Ursa? Jin Ursa, yeah. They are basically the founding members of the Rebel Alliance, right? Jin Ursa, um, founding members of Rogue One, I believe, which is like the, uh, the main attack force that got the plans of a Death Star and everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um... This is from not having seen Rogue One. So. This is fine. This is fine. Um, and like, after the war, many Separatists just legit fled to other parts of the galaxy. Like... Fuck this, we're getting out of here. Yeah, like, many former military leaders went to the corporate sector, which is one of the few places of the galaxy that's independent from the Empire. And... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And... There's like this uh, certain sector of space called the Hapes Cluster, where a lot of uh, Separatist engineers went to this uh, all-female faction called the Hapes Consortium, where they actually developed starfighters for them. Oh. So yeah, um, yeah, just a long... The Separatist, has, the Separatist as a faction has been around for relatively four to five years, but they made a significant impact in Star Wars history. Oh yeah, they did. So yeah, um, that is the episode of the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Tell me your thoughts, Hannah. I definitely know more. Mm-hmm. Um, before, I did not know their ideologies, so, like, they, they had a good idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, aside from getting away from the Republic, where the Republic was controlling... The Separatists gave people the option to, you know, do what is good for your homeworld. Oh, yeah. You know, who who wouldn't do, who wouldn't join them? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you were just a normal person who knows nothing about the lore of Star Wars or anything, and you get placed in this setting, and you're forced to join either the Republic or the Separatists, you would absolutely go for the Separatists. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's... It's fair. Very fair, it's yes. It's a lot more fair than the, the... The... The Republic. The Republic are assholes. Oh, yeah. Absolute assholes. Yeah, yeah, we're shitting on the good guys. <laughs> yeah, the Republic, the Republic are is full of corrupt assholes. Yeah, they unfortunately, only work in their own self interest. Yeah, and that's, they don't care about their people. Yeah, that's like the unfortunate thing about the Republic. Like it was built upon the noble ideas, the protection of everybody in the galaxy, and all that. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> look how that turned out. Oh yeah, absolutely, and the separatists wanted to bring legitimate change and obviously they were noble enough to attract a lot of very insightful very noble people to their cause yeah it was a good cause it was a very good cause but unfortunately very unfortunate that it did not last long no it was also very unfortunate that they were ultimately a uh, pawn of a sif of course because palpatine's running everything mm-hmm, unfortunately but yeah um Fucking palpatine. <laughs> You could see why the Confederacy is my absolute favorite faction. I can see why. Yeah. Um, for anybody that wants to know more about the battle droids and everything, I'm sorry. This is more about the political side of the Separatists. Maybe I'll make a separate video about the military. But yeah, that's generally the, found, the foundations of the Separatist Alliance and why they are so fucking awesome. Yeah, I could see people liking them. So yeah, do you have any uh, lingering questions or maybe discussions or anything like that, Hannah? Not, not really. Uh, it just, like, I appreciate the, the new info. It's a different point of view. Oh it yeah. changed my view on the Separatists. Oh yeah, absolutely. At least a bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how many factions is Sidious behind? <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> How many factions is Sidious running behind the curtain? <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with this episode. Reese, just a bunch of nostalgia flooding back to me as I was researching this. Yeah, I, it was, I honestly thought it was going to be boring, like the Trade Federation episode was. Yeah. But it was interesting. I'm happy that I got to add my input and talk a lot more. Yeah, um. Yeah, and I'm very glad that I managed to change your perspective on the Separatists and everything. Kind of unfortunate about <laughs> still does not like them. <laughs> My DD character still does not like them because uh, she yeah. hates Dooku. But I have a better understanding now. Oh yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, you want to know what our next episode is going to be about, Hannah? Yes. Alright. So I'm kind of um, doing a little bit of a debate, but generally... We're going, our next episode is going to be part three of the history of a Sith. Sweet! And we'll be delving into the rise and fall of Darth Revan. Nice! Yeah. So we'll actually, we will actually be starting to talk about Swator and that backstory. Yeah, just a little bit. A Not little all bit. of Swator, but a, a good majority of it, yes. But we're talking, we're talking more about closer to that timeline of the Sith Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, oh, wait, oh boy, um, research for that episode is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a lot of research. Oh, yeah, and fortunately, I will be on vacation for Hawaii, so it might be a little bit late with this episode, but no promises. 
that's fine. I hope you enjoy Hawaii. Thank you very much, Hannah. And for the viewers, I hope you loved um, me geeking out on the separatists, and I hope you have a new appreciation for them. I know Hannah definitely does. At least a bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's our episode. Um, be sure to give a like to this video, subscribe to our channel if you appreciate our content, and uh, you got any closing statements for us, Hannah? Not, not really. Not this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, may the Force be with you, and make sure to check for your nearby faction that isn't being run by the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.